all stand together this morning. How many came this morning to give all the glory to Jesus? Let's sing it this morning, if you will. why we're here this morning is to give all the glory to Jesus and tell of his love this morning. We want to remember uh, Brother Jonathan and the family this morning and God will just be with them and his perfect will will be done. We know he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we may ask or think, but we want his perfect will this morning. Also, we remember Sister Christy in prayer again this morning. She, I think, got up in pretty severe pain this morning around uh, midnight or 2 a.m. and got a hold of a doctor and she had to be back at the emergency room at 5 this morning and she's going to have to have her uh, gallbladder removed so let's remember her today that uh, God will just guide the surgeon and that all will be well this morning. Also brother Sam is uh, sick and not feeling well this morning. We remember him. Continue to remember brother Ron Spencer and, and sister Vicki Tidwell and also brother Larry uh, Hammock this morning is having problems in his legs, so we'll remember him today. And I'm sure there's other requests. If you just make those known this morning by an uplifted hand, just uh, also remember the remainder of the service this morning that God will be with us. That's the important thing. Without Him, we can do nothing. But with Him, all things are possible. Amen. Brother Jonathan, come this morning. Lead us in prayer. Man, you have to be at church this morning. Ain't no other place I'd rather be this morning. Standing with you, worshiping him. Amen. Let's just all pray together. You believe God answers prayer. I've seen it too many times. Felt his presence too many times. God's an on-time God. We don't have the answers always, but we know he's moving for us. Let's bond together. Let's come together. Heavenly Father, Lord. Lord, what an opportunity to stand in your presence, Lord. Lord, sickness is around us. Lord, death surrounds us. Lord, we don't know what tomorrow holds. 
We need to learn to cherish one another and you more than ever, Lord. Lord, we stand here, Lord, with the ability to once more raise our hands and worship you. Lord, I believe you put us here to be an example to the world. I believe you put us here to give you worship and give you joy. Lord, and sing praises unto you. Lord, I asked you this morning, Lord, to speak to every need, Lord. Lord, Sister Christie, Lord, Lord, the blessing her and her family, but the mad is to us. Lord, let us stand in the gap for him this morning, Lord. Let us stand for him in a special way, Lord, that you just move into the room where she's at, Lord, that you would take control of the situation, that you know exactly what needs to be done this morning. Lord, this evening we're waiting to hear a testimony that all is well. Lord, those that are sick, Brother Larry, Lord, Brother Ron, Sister Vicki, Lord, Brother, Lord Jesus, all of these ones, Lord, would you visit them in a special way? Lord, touch our family, Lord, touch, Lord, you see your will being fulfilled, Lord. Move amongst us, Lord Jesus, move amongst my, my uncle, my aunt, my dad, and all of the grandkids. Lord, give us strength, give us power, give us peace in knowing. Lord, touch this service this morning, I pray, Lord. Touch Brother Mark, Lord, anoint him in a special way. Lord, I come this morning to be encouraged, Lord. Your people come to be encouraged this morning, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us through our pastor this morning. I know he has a word from you, Lord. Lord, we're longing to hear, Lord. Be with us, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, we love you. In your lovely name we pray, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. And let's just remember the Wednesday night skit practice, program practice. Have your children here. If you're here, you're hearing me this morning. If you're online hearing me, it's so important because if they're not here, they don't know their part. So we'll be here starting at 7 Wednesday night for all of the young people that's in the choir and the skit and the adults that knows the musicians we spoke with. So let's be here. Y'all pray for us. That God will speak to us because that's a ministry in itself. Amen. Are you ready to have church this morning? Amen. God bless you. Brother Noah, would you check on that screen for me back there, please? How many love the Lord this morning? Are you looking forward to what he has in store for us today? We didn't just come here by chance this morning. We came here because we're looking for something from the Lord today. Amen. Let's sing this together if you will. Kids too. Well, I am weak, but thou art Yeah. Hey. 
that this morning just a closer walk with thee granted Jesus that's my plea how many know that the Lord is blessing you this morning you got up this morning you had health and strength in your body and you were able to come and to gather together this morning and have the ability to worship that that's a blessing this morning we have the ability to worship it and while we have that ability we ought to use it this morning Give it to the Lord. Let's sing this in Jesus. The Lord is blessing me right now. Oh, yes, the Lord, he's blessing me right now.
And I didn't have this on my list this morning, but and I just sang it, but I felt like we need to sing it again this morning. Because uh, I love the Lord, and I thank Him because His mercy never fails me. So why don't you help me sing it today? I love you, Lord, for your mercy never All of my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment I wake up, from the moment that I wake up, until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Help me sing
the goodness of God. Let's sing that second verse again. I love your voice. Yes, I do. For you have led me through the fire in darkest night. You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived, yes I have, in the goodness of God. Oh. thankful for the goodness of God. Don't you love his voice? In darkest night, he's closer than no other this morning. Love the goodness of God, and I'm going to keep pressing on until the storm passes by. Why don't we sing that this morning? Out on the waters, storms rain. 
trouble that night and fear filled their hearts and they thought they would die but they failed to remember that the master Why should we worry? Why should we fear? The 
very same Jesus that was here yesterday is here today right. and forever. Glory. And he has everything in his control this morning. Forgive me for sounding like a freight train that don't have any steam this morning. This old cough's trying to drive me crazy, but we're going to press on anyhow. Right. We'll let you have your seats this morning. We'll have our ushers to come. Wednesday night we didn't have service. <clears throat> Missed being with everybody, but we certainly had a good Thanksgiving with our families. And uh, Sister Magdalia Torres did celebrate her birthday. So why don't we give her a big hand this morning? For her birthday. <clears throat> and also, I believe tomorrow is Brother James Holders. Is that correct? No. One of these days I'm going to get his birthday right. Is it this month? No. April 7th. Thank you, buddy. I was there. Happy birthday in April, Brother James. God bless you. I should know that. That's my month, but I can blame whoever printed this that they gave me. It's their fault. They put him in the wrong slot this morning. They make me get it wrong every time. But Brother Marcel, it's so good to have you and all the family with us this morning. I'd like you to come sing for us this morning, if you would. Amen. If you don't have anything special, just sing when the saints go marching in. We'd love to hear you sing that this morning. Amen. Do you prefer this or? God bless you, saints. It's, it's so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord among people that love the Lord. Amen. It makes me it makes me feel so great. Yeah. Even though I'm with Brother Mark, I understand when he was singing, I had the same thing. It seems like it's the devil is trying to attack uh, on that. But we are in the place that uh, we can be healed right now, Amen. as we are. So I am glad that our Lord continues to be in charge of everything. Yes. Good to see you. Greetings from uh, Raleigh. And uh, I have a little song, which you probably know it as well. And I would like you to sing with me. Amen. It's not much of an special for anybody but for the Lord. Amen. So we all should do it to the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord.
so sick. You were there. You're my healer, my Lord. You have healed me. And I thank you for that this morning, Lord. For healing everybody today, my Lord. Oh, because you already paid that price. I thank you, Lord. Oh, say to do this morning is to set our wings to the winds of faith. Let faith take over this morning. Let's sing that as you will. There are two roads you may 
word of God. Take the word of God for what you see, what you believe. That's what will be. Is what will be. still blowing this morning. It was the same wind that blew on the day of Pentecost and filled every life that was present with the Holy Spirit. How many just love to have a refilling of the Holy Spirit? There's a lot of winds blowing, winds of sorrows, pestilence, winds of uh, wars, but praise God, there's a greater wind blowing this yes, morning. Yes. The wind of the Holy Spirit that blows into our lives. Yes, that fresh breath. Oh, that is so refreshing to us. Lord. You know, you can go all week long, just feel so stagnated, so heavy, not knowing why you're feeling this way, but come into a service as such and just get a fresh wind of the Spirit of the Lord and feel refreshed again. Yes. I believe that as time begins to progress, you know, the believers are starting to gain more, more of a cloud, as the Bible said, of witnesses on the other side, and we are here. As time goes on, there will be more of the saints on the celestial side than they are on this end. I believe Paul says there are clouds of many witnesses that's cheering us on. You realize that, that for every loved one that has passed from this veil into the celestial realm, that they're not dead, they're alive. They're waiting on us. 
You're cheering us on. Your mother, your father, your grandmother, your loved ones, the prophets of old, the patriarchs, the great people of God. And they're just waiting for us just, just to breath beyond this life. I texted my sister here a week or so ago. Perhaps she's listening. God bless you, Hannah. I said, I miss Mama so much this morning. And she said these kind words to me. She said, don't worry. Mom and Dad are always with us. Yes. Hallelujah. There was just simple words, but they meant so much to me. Mom and Dad are always with us. Yes. You realize that they are always here. Yes. But as time progressed, they're getting more on the other side, and we're believing someday they'll be a grand reunion when we all gather together in the presence of God. Yes. Do you feel homesick sometimes? Yes. Don't you just feel so homesick? Yes. Oh, Beulah Land is a beautiful place. Right. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. Hallelujah. The brethren will come this morning. Uh, this is the tithes, the first fruits you give to the Lord. We want to welcome each and every one of you in our gates this morning. We're here to worship God, yeah. to serve the Lord Jesus, to magnify the name of the yeah. Lord. Let's sing Beulah Land as we think about the celestials. For a country, not just any country, hallelujah.
our worship leader and our musicians tonight, this morning rather, praise the Lord for his grace to us. We continue to remember Sister Christy in our prayer, uh, the family and all those that are still sick and such like. We want to keep them in our prayers this morning. We especially want to remember Brother Jonathan Jones's family in our prayer today. And, uh, his uh, grandmother now, Sister Carolyn, is hanging between two dimensions, between this life and the other life. And we know God is still able to call someone back straight here, but we know also God's will and mine will also be uh, carried out. We certainly remember Jonathan. I could feel his heart heavy this morning. You know, you love someone, you love them all the way from the beginning to the end. You love them all the way. And from my understanding, she's quite the matriarch of our family. And uh, we, we thank God for special people, special um, uh, women as such, women of God that God has placed within the church. You realize that even Timothy had a great grandmother that was uh, used mildly of the Lord and God used these special women in the Bible. And you hear so much about preaching against women, but there were some good women. God had prophetess. You realize that? Do you know that in this age, God still has prophetess? In Joel chapter uh, 2, verses 24, God said, What the palmer worm has eaten, and the caterpillar, and the locusts, and the canker worm, I will restore. And then in verses 28, you drop down there, and then it says, After these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons, and your what? Your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. They're still prophetess in this age, and I thank God for them. And I believe Sister Carolyn Jones is one of those that God used mightily, and we're just praying that our passing will be peaceable. And for those that will be behind, we pray for our brother and his family, and that God will just comfort them during these times. Uh, we don't know God's mind, but we certainly want to be supportive in our prayers for the family. Amen. The Lord bless you this morning. Are you happy to be in the house of the Amen. Lord? Well, I didn't hear much during Thanksgiving, so I, I just I just assume everybody was okay and was fed up. <laughs> fed up with eating, you know, fed all the way up and just full. And normally my phone will go off and... This one, happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. Man, you were so full, you didn't care anymore. So one is everybody's all right. So I see that you are alive and well, so we thank God for you. Amen. Roger, good to see you, Junior. Amen. How's the wife? Good. Any babies on the way yet? <laughs> Amen. God bless you all. Good to have Brother Marcelo. God bless you and your precious wife. All of you in the house of the Lord. Well, I want to go back down into the scripture this morning and just sort of speak. You know, as a pastor, you have so many messages upon your heart. And it's just, it's burning there. It's things that you preached and you preached for years and years and years. And then as you look at your congregation, you suddenly realize that the little wee little guys that used to play in the church pew are growing up. And suddenly they're getting married. And they're having children, and the family's growing. So as a shepherd, you have to kind of revamp some of those things. And you go through, after 28 years of pastoring, you preach so many sermons. And I happened to take some time here uh, last week, and I was just in my mind, you know, and I, I, I keep all my sermons 
uh, electronically, and I've gone back through some old notes and things. It's like, wow, there's so many things I need to revamp in the church. The, the last time I preached this, it was 15 years ago. It was 20 years ago. So we need instructions. We have a lot of young people coming up, a lot of families that are coming up. And I want to I wanna go back through some of these teachings on the family and try to uh, help you to secure a strong infrastructure for your families. Because you understand as time progresses, Satan becomes more cunning and deceptive. And is the, the Bible speaks of that, not to be ignorant of his devices. So then God raises up the anointing for the challenge of that day. When the enemy comes in like a flood, Brother Rodney, the Holy Spirit raises a standard. So I want to do some of that this morning. If you'll let me just speak on some things that will help you and your family and uh, to, to grow and to remind you. I think it was uh, Paul writing to Timothy and he said, put the people in remembrance of the things. So I want to remind you of these things. As you have families, you have teenagers, you have uh, young people that are marrying age. You have grandchildren that are coming up. I think it's up to us as the church to help to uh, develop in their minds and their spirits the right ways of life. It should not be left up to our politicians or our schools or our society to train our family. The Bible said to train up a child in the way that they shall go. And when they're old, they shall never depart. As church people, it is up to us to pass the baton on to the next generation. Even if we fail, we have to recognize where our mistakes are and not... And not be intimidated to, to tell the next generation right. where you mess up and that you would like to help them yeah. to avoid some of these heartaches. Yeah. You see, one of the things that Satan likes to do to us is to entrap our minds yeah. to where, you know, we, we, we feel condemnation because of mistakes in our lives. Yeah. And then we keep silent. But I believe God wants to raise up voices in yeah. this age. Voices in the church. This is where life begins. This is your real family. This is where we grow in Christ. You have family. You have immediate family. Thank God for those bloodlines. Those rich heritage. But when we meet together as a body. We are a church. We are a family of God together. And we have to be certain that we, we try to nurture from each other. And Make sure that we, we grow together in the love of Christ. In Revelation chapter 2, again, we're going to go back into return to your first love. In doing so, I'm going to drop some teachings in this morning by the help of the Lord. Revelations, uh, Revelation chapter 1 and verses, chapter 2 and verses 1, sorry. <clears throat> this is uh, uh, the church ages now services prior to that we were in the church age but I just want to drop back to the uh, first church age and recap a few things um, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things said he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks 
He said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how that thou cannot bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and they are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience for my name's sake, and has labored, and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. This is what we're speaking about, returning to your first love. To keep those flames of God's love burning in our lives. The ember of God's flame should ever be burning in a believer's life. It doesn't matter how many years we have been serving God. How long we have been in church. It is up to you and I as individuals to keep those flames of God's love just burning. It's like a fire. After a while, it dies down and the coals are there. And it looks like there's nothing, but all it needs is to be stoked. Stoke those little amber, those little coals, and they'll flame again and produce uh, warmth uh, in whatever uh, environment that we're in. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first work, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. This, this is the key to revival. God bless the ring of his word. You may be seated. This is the key to revival. The key to revival is repentance. The key to revival with God is not joining uh, an organization. It is not going from pillar to post. But the key of revival with God is repentance. In whatever capacity it is and whatever it is that you need to do, God requires true repentance. You remember that. God does not sugarcoat any of our iniquities, but he wants us to repent. And we'll read now in the book of Matthew chapter 24 and verses 12. Very familiar passage to us. Jesus now, after he was talking about all these things on the Mount of Olives, he said, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall what? Waxed coal. Iniquity is... As you will see, iniquity is actually transgression. It is to transgress against the law of God. It is to transgress against God's law. It's unrighteousness. In the Old Testament, God has set up laws and God expects us to keep those laws. So we just want to we want to just kind of focus in on this just for a moment by the help of the Lord. I see that Jones has had to leave, perhaps the calling of his grandmother. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. Our Heavenly Father, we just love you so much and we thank you for your amazing grace. We just ask that you will be with the Jones family now, God, and comfort their hearts as they travel and make arrangements for their families in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and the church says. Amen. God is in control. You believe it? May the peace Amen. of God touch your lives. Amen. Hallelujah. There's just nothing like the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we read there in the book of Matthew that because iniquity shall abound, that the love of many shall wax cold. And we see this in the scripture this morning that iniquity actually is 
uh, to transgress the laws of God. It is unrighteousness. It is things that are displeasing to the Lord. It may not be moral things, but it is anything that is an offense to God. You realize that you can religiously offense God, bring an offense to God. It doesn't have to be uh, 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 drinking or smoking or an immoral act, but anything that will bring an offense to our Lord Jesus Christ is iniquity. As we see it, knowing to do, but yet do opposite to what God is instructing us to do. We notice in the uh, New Testament that Jesus uh, constantly, uh, he was dealing with the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees. And these were religious people of his day. But yet he was rebuking them of their ways because they were not the ways of God. Even though they were religious people, there were no moral issues here with the sects of the Pharisees or Sadducees or Herodians of those days. But yet, religiously, it was against the teaching of Jesus Christ. Now, we notice now that we have been dealing with here in um, uh, Revelations chapter 2, as we recap just for a moment, that this church is Ephesus had lost its first love, and God was now rebuking the church. He was chiding the church. He was saying to the church that, you, you know, you did things. You're doing great things, but yet your heart is a long way from me. Pardon me. Now, we look into this scripture this morning. We notice that as we took the Greek word and we've been recapping it, we notice that in the, in the context of the scripture in Revelations, uh, Revelation chapter 2, that uh, that word first love in the Greek uh, meant a protos, which is superlative, that God is wanting to ever be the most important one in our lives, to be the beginning, the best, the chiefest, first of all, of everything that that we ever in this life is to be, God wants to be number one. And he should rightfully have that place in our lives. Whether it is job or business or family or everything. Even though God's word supports all those things. He's saying that he wants to be superlative in our lives. Because what I'm saying this morning friends is uh, these things uh, are going to fade away. The shadows of these things. The, we are in the corruption of life. We are not in the perfect reality of life. We are in the partial reality of life. Do you believe that? As real as it may seem to you, it is corruption. When we look around us, it's corrupt. Everything is corrupt. This body that we're in is corrupt. This is why it is aging. It is uh, uh, many, for many who are suffering with, with problems and issues in their bodies and such is part of corruption. This life itself, you may live to be a hundred, you may live to be a hundred and one, you may live to be maybe 80, 90, I don't know uh, what age God has for you to live, but as you live each day, your body is failing. And so is the elements of everything that is around you. It is failing. 
There's only one that will never fail, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the superlative of our lives. He is the anchor of our lives. You may gain prestige. You may gain materialistic things. You may gain a name or popularity. But there is only one thing that will last. And that is Jesus Christ. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the Alpha and Omega in our lives. Do you believe that? Yes, He is. He's the first and the last. May God help us this morning. It's by prayer. As I was preaching about here, I believe we left off last uh, uh, Wednesday night that we need the voice of conviction to stay alive in us in a heathen and pagan-filled world. I believe that God is wanting to raise up voices in the saints. People of God that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe more than anything in this life, it should be our desire to be filled with God's Spirit. You can be filled with a lot of things today. You can be filled with ambitions and plans and dreams. That's fine and those things are good as long as Christ is the head of all of that. As long as He's the first in your lives, then these things will fall into its place. But we notice that as time progressed in the scripture, in Revelation chapter 2, we notice the Ephesus church, the first church, began to become cold, not towards the work of God, not towards their sacrifices, but their spiritual lives began to cool down. And this is where God was speaking through John and right to the church of Ephesus and tell them, I have someone against thee that you have left your first love. You can find yourself sitting in the church pew and yet your love and your affection is to something and somewhere else this morning. You can be here praising God and, and singing His songs of praise, but yet your affection is given to someone else. You see, Samson, he gave God. Listen, I want you to notice this. He gave, he gave God not his heart, not his true affection. Samson was a man of great power. But he gave, he misplaced his affection. Even though he's a great man, he misplaced his affection. And I'm here to say this morning, we're seeing a lot of that in God's church. A lot of misplaced affection. He gave his heart to Delilah rather to God. Friends, I say that God wants every bit of us. When your heart is right, then everything will fall in place. When your heart is filled of his divine power, all things will fall into his place. Well, we notice there in uh, Revelation that this Ephesus church was beginning to allow just the world to cool down their flames of love for Jehovah God. Which is very easy to do. But we notice that 
God was crying to them. He was calling to that church. And he was saying that you're cooling down. You're, you're getting away from the real thing. You're getting away from the real purpose in your life. You've allowed the world, you've allowed saints to steal and rob that, that true commitment and fire in your heart. You're in church, but you're not in church. You go to church, but yet you're not there. You say you love me, but your heart is a long way from me. You're like the Israelites that that say with their lips, but their heart is somewhere else. Friends, I tell you the problem we have in our ranks is a heart problem. God wants to get a hold of our hearts. When our heart is in the right place, then everything else will fall into place. God was crying out to the Ephesians church that we need a voice, a voice of strong conviction to raise up in, in this age again. Voices that will stand against those things that are contrary to God. You believe that? And I believe it is a repeat of the same uh, uh, principle in this age. The first church age and the last church age are dealing with the same spirits. The Alpha and the Omega church are dealing with the same pressure of the age. And God was telling the Ephesus church, I need people to rise up in our midst. I need live voices to raise up in the generation, in the church, in their families. In everything that they are, uh, they are involved in. What a day! We really need these voices in our time. When Satan is silent, our society by the media and by all these corrupt politicians, the voice of God is being stilled by the voices of the world. But it's not dead because I believe that there's still some live voices. We see the infiltration of Satan in every angle. I was attacked families. I wasn't there in the book of Ephesus at the first church to know what these strategies are. But I know it's the same tactics of the same enemy with the same ambition. And that is to discourage the saints of God. That is to corrupt the pure minds of God's people. And whatever device it was, it is much more multiplied in this age. We are dealing with a faster age than the first church age. It's the same devil with the same spirits, but it's a faster age that we're living in now. I want to give you some studies and Surveys and statistics from George Barna. And George Barna is the founder of Barna Group, a market research firm specializing in studying the religious beliefs and behavior of Americans and the intersection of faiths and culture. This man is actually a Christian, uh, 
He, he used to pastor a, a large a multi-ethnic church in California at a house church and a great voice uh, in, in politics and such like, but uh, he did many great studies uh, of, uh, of what's happening in our, in, our, in our world, our community, in the area of, uh, of movies and medias and all these networkings as we will see it. And I want to give you some of his um, uh, some of his studies in just a moment, and I want to give you all these so that you will think about these things, not just be uh, just. The Bible said to to know the enemy, not to be deceived by Satan. Now, when I speak, I'm not just speaking to the young people or middle aged people. I'm speaking to all people. I believe that right living. First takes place in our in our parents' home. Do you believe that? And then in the home we make our with our spouses and our children. But right living takes place in our parents' home. You have to be determined to set the precedent of your family. But it begins in the home with our parents. And then this trickles down into our immediate home with our spouses and family. Now, I still believe in right living. This is exactly what John was speaking of in the book of Revelation in the Ephesus church. They had works. They had labor. They had patience, but they were lacking some home teaching in their families. Now, I'm going to get into some of this in a moment. As we understand, we look into the attacks of Satan and see what Satan is doing in this age. He would like to destroy families. He would like to attack your family. It makes no difference if you have teenager at home or, or uh, if you have uh, uh, grown children or where, whoever you are, if you're a husband or wife or even single, you are a family. Yeah. And Satan is uh, very ambitious and very tactful to destroy your family. Yeah. And friends, I want to say that uh, the things of this world can never take the place of what I'm preaching about this morning. Our right living takes place in our homes. This is precisely this morning what secular society is in the process of ruining. It's to destroy the infrastructure of the family. To destroy the principle of families. Satan don't care if you say you believe the message. Satan isn't arrested in how many tapes you listen to. He's watching you to make sure that he keeps you off from focusing your life and your family on the things of God. You realize that this morning? Satan can keep us so busy and and, and, and so occupied that... uh, 
uh, if we're not careful in just a little spell of time, we begin to lose grip upon our families, upon what God has instituted. You realize the church is a family. You realize that. Serving God is a family. God desired a family of his own. He was El, Ella, Elohim, a self-existent one, but he dwelt by himself. But God desired a family of his own. You see, family has always been God's teachings. It is God's ambition to have a family. It is still God's ambition to have a family. And this is precisely what Satan is after. It's to destroy your family. Destroy your heritage. Destroy that strong hold of God in your lives. You believe it? How many will agree with me that secular society today uh, has one goal, and that is to destroy a family, destroy God's people. And they're doing this by dehumanizing us through uh, consumerism. I preached it last Wednesday night or before individualism and secularization. Everything in this world is it's all product. It's, it's all things. This is what the Bible was telling us in, 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 in uh, Revelation. When God rebuked the first church. He said, thou sayest that I'm rich. I have need of nothing. He said, but knowest not thou that thou art miserable and poor. The church is rich in uh, consumerism, but they're lacking the power of God in the church. The whole world has been taken up in consumerism. Everywhere you look, it's new product, new things. You buy a new phone the moment you own it in a week. It's obsolete because another one is coming out. Man's never satisfied. Civilization has always been against God. But Satan knows how to try to dehumanize us through these three avenues of life. Bear with me this morning. Brings up everything, tries to tell you, you don't need a church. You don't need anybody. The word promotes and pushes the idea of individualism. Oh, you don't need anyone else. You're your own God. You don't need help. You don't need anyone. You can make it on your own. You don't need God, family, church. All you need is you. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Satan pushes these ideas and the schools are teaching them. And the radio is blasting it. Yes. And the news reporters are facilitators of these ideas in our society. Yes. Secularization has become popular. Yes. It's all right to be in church and out of church. It's all right to participate with the world and still say you're a Christian. Right. Because you, the movie stars... They, they do, they are in the silver stream, can live in fornication, adultery, and then one day say they're Christians. And then the church is adopting the idea of secularization in the churches. But brother, I believe God still has 
a bride in the last days as he did in Ephesus. Oh, that's returning to her first love. You see, this process of secularization tends to reduce the faith of the church to deterioration of standards. It's what it does. It, you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need faith. All you need is substance. I'm blessed. That's the message of the churches. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I got five Cadillacs. I'm blessed. I got a private jet. I'm blessed. This is the message of the secular church. Over the bride church. Hallelujah. She's preaching. Run back to God as fast as you can. Isn't it the truth? Look at the tele, televangelists. Everything is blessed. They start, start their sermons by telling you how blessed they are. You can be living in sin, but you're blessed. You can be fornicating, but you're blessed. You can be homosexual, but you're blessed. They don't approach the problem that the Ephesus church was dealing with. It's a hard problem, church. You realize it? Yes, but we notice how Satan can fill us with just things to make us feel blessed. There's not a Christian or a person, Sister Shirley, you don't meet out there in, 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 in a world of commerce. The first thing you mention is Christ. And, oh, I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm blessed. I'm this. I'm that. I'm the other. What about the soul? What about the heart? Is it, is it on fire for Almighty God? But we see how Satan comes and, and through this process of secularization just reduces the faith of the church and, and, and brings, uh, it begins to deteriorate uh, the standards that God has called us to hold as children of God. And that's uh, actually fallen from a higher to a lower level in quality, character, or vitality. Satan knows how to captivate our minds. He's a master of doing it. He's he's trained in the ways to know how to play with our minds. This happened by weakening our senses through Hollywood and social media. Uh, You know, these these have led to a general sense of deterioration in our communities, in our families, and in our churches. I, I, I know what I'm speaking about. We've seen a breakdown of faith standards within the true church. And perhaps this was the same spirit that the early church was dealing with. I don't know, perhaps they didn't have Hollywood back then, but they had other things that the church began to gravitate to. And as they did this, God sent a prophet and gave them a rebuke and said, I have somewhat against you. You're more churchy. You're more religious. You're more, you're more fluent in your release, your religious beliefs, but you've lost something. You've lost something. 
you've lost the main thing. And the main thing is the love of God. The main thing is to return to me. And then you can prosper. But we see this happening now. As Satan is trying to a general sense of uh, de, uh, disorienting the church by de, uh, breaking down the, the, the face of people through the substance of the world. And by the things of the world, soon the church deteriorates and there is a general sense of uh, uh, disorientation within our walk with God. People become in their mind and spirit disoriented. That is, they don't know where they stand anymore. If they should stand against it or for it, it produces a, a state of not able to keep your sound mind towards God. Amen. You believe it now. Amen. Especially in the periods of adolescence and young adults who are so vulnerable at this age. Satan yes, right. knows how to weaken their minds and yes. senses through Hollywood and, and yes. social media and yes. such like. During those formative years, listen to me, young people, moms and dads, listen to me. At such a young age, between the time they're born and they're able to speak, between the age of two to about five or six, Satan makes them his greatest targets because they are vulnerable at this age. And during those stages, the formative years, of their lives, those first five or six years of a child's life, it's most important what we put into their lives. They will determine statistics as proven between the age of one to seven. Most, most child will already determine what they will be in life. Whether they execute it or not, They've already come to a conclusion in their minds uh, what they want to be. Exactly. It's been proven. It's proven because, you see, there is so much information that comes into their mind during those tender uh, stages of their lives. As they're developing, those things are being bred into their spirits. I trust you're hearing me this morning. You see, we're living in... uh, and uh, in, in, an very, uh, in a very informative, uh, driven society, which bombards us uh, indiscriminately with a lot of data, a lot of information, a lot of things. Subliminally, your minds are catching these things. Whether or not you're uh, wanting to purposefully uh, hear these things, that uh, society is, is, is constantly... Uh, uh, bringing these things into our minds and into our spirits. A lot of doubt, a lot of information. You might be in the store and and suddenly coming over the the, the speakers are are messages that are being sent into your minds and your spirits. And your subliminal mind, Satan is speaking of things to you. You may never have a desire 
to do a certain thing, but if you're around a certain atmosphere and there's a certain kind of music that's playing, suddenly there'll be a desire raised up inside of you to want to do that certain thing. That's right. Especially around this time of the year in in shopping malls and stores and and places of great commerce. They're playing music, and in those music, there are messages that are being sent to you that if you don't have the love of God, this first love I'm speaking of this morning, you'll become victimized. You'll certainly find yourself just falling into the trap of Satan this morning. We notice we see these things, and, and this leads us to challenges in the area of a moral discernment to keep a balance as we wade through these attacks. Yeah. We have to raise the standards, family. Yeah. You understand that? You have to raise your you have to raise your standards. You can't just say, well, my kids are grown now, or I don't have any kids at home. It's up to us as leaders because the Bible says that we are our brother's keeper. And we are to be accountable to one another as Christians. Miss, I don't have children. I don't pass. It's a little too late to tell me that. No, you are to be accountable to one another as Christians this morning. You see, in response, we must develop by the Holy Spirit, mature moral values that will counteract the subtle scheme of the devil this morning. We have to be on our toes and our guards. As we see the tide of commercialism and individualism and secularization that are swept into our society and churches. Churches have actually went with the tide of what the world is peddling. But as Christians, God does that God, that God does not want us to go with the flow of the world. We are going against the grain of society. We're pushing against the grain of society. And I pray to God that God will help us to push as hard as we can. Believe that. Here's the power of a parent. Your child may be already grown. They may already be married. They may even have children of their own. But that power and anointing of parenthood is still upon your life. And when they get into trouble or they're at crossroads, the phone will ring. You have the power within your life. Because what you practice is what goes out of you. You understand what I'm saying? And just the right proper words can either ruin a situation or turn it around by the power of a parent's word. Very influential. See, as a pastor, I'm witnessing a culture crisis of the family. I'm seeing it. No need of kidding ourselves. We preach about the rapture, and it will happen one day. But meanwhile, before the rapture, there's some things that has to fall in place. You believe that? We cannot allow secular society to reduce our families to the mindset of their culture. Our young people into perverted minds and our churches 
in Hollywood entertainment. We must push against the grain of our society if we are going to survive. Understand that the media world is very powerful. Uh, Whether by entertainment or social media or just uh, voices uh, reporting news. They're very, they're very powerful. They're strong voices. They're voices that influence our spirits, even as a bride of Christ. We have to guard against these things. The world media have the ability to incite panic, fear, and moral breakdown into the life of people this morning. And I'm not giving Satan any credit, but I'm stating the facts today. They have the power to instill fear and panic and more breakdown into your minds. That's very true. Some people, they live their lives by the morning news or by the evening news. And you can sense their demeanor. And the way they are by what they're feeding on. And this is the power of the world itself in our society to control our minds. Are you listening to me this morning? To control our minds. To control our spirits. To get into us. It's what Satan's desire is. To get into our beings. Believers, we must guard against the onslaught of Satan in our message churches. And we have proved a few effective voices accompanied by sound effects can convince masses of people of a total unreasonable moral behavior. It is. Just voices and sound effects can can convince uh, people of unreasonable, uh, moral behavior, things that they would never, ever dream of ever feeding on. Uh, They they find themselves entertaining these thoughts. Exactly. Cry watching a movie without any sound effect or music to it. You will never get the message of the next scene unless they attach the sound effect and the right type of lyrics to that scene. You'll never figure it out. You'll never figure it out. Even though they may be words, these sound effects and lyrics that they use in these uh, Film industry are gouged before they can ever, before the world ever comes to a place of even making a movie. They have to study the scenery, the nature, the place. Many movie stars will go and live at a certain location for months to catch the effect and spirits. Of what they're acting out. That's right. And with the sound and the effects of certain things, it influence 
the minds and spirits of people. Are you following me this morning? Hope you understand where I'm coming from. Also, with your eyes, your eyes are intaken by pictures or reading words will affect the human minds and spirits. Because it is visual. What you see with your eyes is visual. And what you're intaking by pictures or reading words will affect the human mind and spirit unbeknown to you. You're acting out certain character of things that you've intaken. You see, because your eyes picked up on those words and pulled them into your being. Remember what I just said, that Satan's ambition is to get into you. Whatever way he has to do it, he will do it this morning. I'm still speaking about returning to your first love. Radio was a mainline medium in 1938. And it proved just how powerful it could be. It was the next year in New York City at the World's Fair Showcase. Television, regular broadcasting begun and hasn't stopped since. Amen. In 1957, Sputnik uh, was launched and opened up the space age at the beginning of the global communications. Sometime after that, the internet was invented. You hear Brother Branham actually was in that in that era of time. You hear him speaking about the, the Sputniks and things like that and Russia and talking about how they got a bomb and, and they and, and these different things. Brother Branham actually came right in the in the middle of all of this as Satan was beginning to pick up momentum with his ambition to destroy families. Now you can instantly communicate with someone across the other side of the world. Without without any struggle, they've got WhatsApp and you've got uh, you know FaceTime and you've got all these things now because you see Satan has broke into the line of science. He's broke into the line of science into that stream of that fast dimension. Remember, Abraham said one day that we will travel as a thought, but Satan has broke into the corrupt side. Of that swiftness of mediums, and he's trying to destroy the church of God. Yes. Are you following me this morning? Yes. You see the the reality of media and the way they shape our minds is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing the the way the media actually will give us a mindset over a matter. When you begin to watch the news or you listen to certain shows or talk shows or, or, or news reporting, it's amazing how it, it shapes our minds, even as Christians. Yeah. This is why we need a filter. Yeah. We need a Holy Spirit as people of God in this age that will push back against these things. Yeah. You see, the media have shaped our lives and continue to do so every day because our consumer-driven world is saturated by them. 
all around us. Oh, every angle we're bombarded by. Everything around us we're, we're constantly bombarded by, by uh, certain messages. That's the messages that are sent to us that shapes our minds and our spirits. But I trust the message of Jesus Christ is never drowned out from our mind. I pray that more of Christ is preached in the message churches. That will drown out the voices of Satan. Can you say amen to that? You can tell it by what we know and can remember. It's because things are driven into us. You can also tell it by the number of Christians in the church today who approach this life with a very worldly point of view. You can tell what is shaping their mind. The reality of the media is shaping the minds of people that are in churches. And God is saying, like he's saying to the Ephesus church, return to your first love. Come back to your first love. You've got patience. You believe the prophets. You've got the word. You are the bride. But your heart is far from me. Come back to your first love. You believe this this morning. You see, when it comes to truth, relationship, and marriage, uh, modesty, and a whole lot of list of subjects, we understand that uh, we can tell from Christians today what's shaping their minds. We can. We can tell their views of things by what's shaping their minds. We can see the trickle of it in the churches. Their views and their stand on these subjects of modesty and relationship and truth and these things in our ranks. Is it not true, friends? What am I saying to you? As a church of God, we're seeing how the enemy is coming. And we understand his front. But as Christians, as believers, we have got to wisen up. We have to wisen up as Christians and say, Lord, help me to be on the alert for the things of this world that can pull me away from the one true thing in my life, and that is Jesus Christ. Everything else you have here are just borrowed. Everything else you have here are just temporary. The only true thing that you will leave this world with, and that is the love of Jesus Christ. And unless you have that, you will not come out of the grave. But in the spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it will also quicken your mortal bodies. By the same spirit that raised them out from the dead. You believe it? Hallelujah. You see, they don't think that any different from... The people of the world, you see this attitude, you see this mindset in the church. You see, people's mind has already been shaped. It's already been shaped. It's already been shaped by the world itself, by society, by civilization, by this world itself has come into our churches. But as people of God, I believe that we have a say-so in the matter. See, it really shouldn't surprise us when you begin to, when you begin to uh, look at your life and you begin to see the amount of, of uh, time that we devout to the media. 
it shouldn't really surprise us what's really shaping our minds and our spirits. When we, when, we, when we look at the statistics of, uh, of the amount of time that we, we just devout towards these areas, then, then it's no wonder that our minds are already set and trained in the ways of society today. Because we're taking in these things. We're taking in, whether subliminally or willingly, we're taking in this substance into our minds and into our spirits. And God is saying to the church this morning, you've got to put a filter on these things. You believe it, church? Are young to old to middle, everyone has the accessibility to unlimited data around us. You know, the internet is the perfection of sin. That's right. Yes, Lord. The internet is the perfection of sin. Yes, Lord. Satan's desire to want to perfect himself. Yes. And the internet is the perfection of sin. Yes. Do we need it? Absolutely. But we need a greater power. That's right. And that is the love of Jesus Christ. Yes. Shed abroad in our hearts. By the Holy Ghost. Yes, Lord. Let me give you a few statistics quickly. A George Barnapol shows that on a percentage basis, more Christian teens and family watch movies and involve in social media than non-Christian. Yes. 42% Versus 33%. That's staggering. Very staggering. People in America consume, consumers watch or consumes uh, more TV shows than the rest of the world. And you wonder why you got all the shootings going on. And all these people are going into malls and churches and placing and they're, 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 they're acting out these things because it has been uh, embedded into yes. their spirits. Amen. And they become pregnated yes. by Satan's ambition yes. to destroy humanity. Amen. You see, the devil is a spirit. Yes. The same way that God is a spirit. Yes. And Satan is useless unless he has a body. And so is God useless unless he has their bodies to work in. Watch this now. 49% of us say we watch too much. 49% of us are right. Watch this. In the two years... There has been more change in our media consumption than in 30 years before that. You see, Satan is ahead of the game. He started out with my friend's space. Then he moves to other fronts. Then he goes to Facebook and now to TikTok. And then it's going to be something else. The time we spend on opening up against Satan, he's already ahead of the game. But as people of God, we have to be anointed by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. 
to raise up the standards amongst us. In the past two years, there has been more change in our media consumption than in 30 years before that. Yes. Most people spend over half of their day consuming media, and that's more time than working or sleeping. Amen. Listen, church. Right. Listen, mothers and fathers. Yes. Listen to me this morning. Most people spend half their day consuming media. That's more time than sleeping or working. That is staggering. That's more time to Satan than we do to God. That's exactly right. That's including all of us. I'm not throwing stones at anybody this morning. That's all of us. We're all in this thing together. But we spend more time consuming the media than we do sleeping or working. Amen. Now, if you don't believe me, you don't have to do it. When you get home, you have a smartphone or you have an Android. Go to the settings and then go under the setting of the times that you, of your usage. And then look at that number in a day, how much time you have been on your phone. And it'll be shocking for you to understand. Amen. Be very shocking. You know why? Because Satan is, is smart. He puts good and he puts evil on that thing. That's right. Because it's the knowledge of good and it's evil. And he puts all those things on there. But you put your phones out. Look at the setting and the usage in one day. And I guarantee you, you would not be shocked to know you were on there six or seven hours in one day. Almost the same time that you work or you slept that day or even came to church. Amen. Am I getting my message over? Yes, sir. 33% of our leisure time is spent watching full-length movies or our favorite shows. This, this is important to know. It gets worse as time progresses. What's coming in through TV from the 80s to 2000s or 2022, to be, to be precise, on a one-hour uh, basis is more sexual content, and it has been multiplied by 85%. 85%. Foul language are far harsher now. Yes. Gay sceneries yes. are more common to the people's mind and their spirits. Yes. You are the people of God in the age. Yes. You are the Ephesus yes. church that I'm preaching to. You are the church that's in love with Christ. Yes. And you are the one that will not be toppled by Satan's devices. Hallelujah. Violence has increased out of control. Profanity is accepted and used as a common language in politics, news, movies, and even work offices. That's just what's on TV shows. That doesn't even address the internet and the number of internet active smartphones in use right now. 
85% of corruption is coming into us. We wonder why we're sick or we wonder why we can't keep the victory. And we wonder why we can't live a victorious life. And we wonder why we can't have faith for our families. And we wonder why we can't pray for the sick and they shall recover. Brother, I'll tell you what. God is saying to the church, return to your first love. See the movies, magazines, radio, and the music we consumed are not even in this equation of 85% of corruption that is coming into our churches and our society, into the privacy of our homes, into our marriage relationships, and into these areas of our lives. It's not even include the magazines, radio, and music we consume. Have you done, I say this morning, have you done your homework? Our use of media is a vital issue in our homes and churches. Do you believe it this morning? We can't stop the use of, of of our media, but however, we need the flames of God's love to increase in our lives. We can't stop that. My time is gone. But we can't stop that. But I want to say this morning, we can increase the flames of God's love in our lives. That we will be more of a match for Satan as we navigate through these very relevant issues that's this term that is destroying our marriage, our family, our prayer lives. Our faith in Almighty God. We need the flames of God's love. Psychiatrists can't give it to us. Theology can't give it to us. Mind over matter can never give us power to overcome these things. But brother, I tell you, if you can ask God, like the uh, people here in Ephesus, Lord, I repent and I want to come back to you. Lord, I repent. I want to come back to you. May God help us as we ask God to increase those flames of his divine love into our lives. I trust that's your desire this morning. That, Lord, I'm no match for Satan's mind. I'm no match for science and civilization. I'm no match for culture. But I have one greater inside of me that's greater than any of these things. And that's the love of Jesus Christ. And if I have drifted, I ask God to cause those flames to be stirred up in my heart again. So I can navigate through all of these relevant issues that I'm facing. You desire that this morning. If you do, then stand with me. Hallelujah. As we worship Jesus. May God help us is my prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a day that we live in. What an hour we're living in. You know, many ministries stay away from these subjects. They feel that these matters are personal matters, but personal personal matters spilled over in the church becomes a disaster. For spirituality, we need Jesus Christ. 
take control of everything, friends. I tell you, if we continue the way that we're going, we're going to end up being media lunatics in this age. You wonder why people are nutting up and getting so edgy and so mad and violent and disrespectful and, and all these things, disobedient, rebellious. It's because of the intake, yes. the things that are coming in. Right. Hallelujah. As a pastor, I deal with those things on another level because yes. I see what's coming in. I don't look at you. I look beyond the surface yes. of you and see there's a problem that's there. Yes. And unless God wake us up like Samson and we shake ourselves and cry out, Lord, once more, right. once more, Lord, yes. this thing is going to die in my life. This matter is going to die. This issue is going to die. This spirit must die at the post. Hallelujah. Is that your desire this morning? Lord, I want to die here with my enemy. Let me die here with this enemy. Let me die to myself. Let me die to these things, these issues and matters. Let me come back to my first love and say, Lord, take me back, Lord. Take me back to the place. Where I first knew you. Take me back to that place, Father. Like Ephesus, they weren't bad people. They were not evil people. No, but they allowed some things to slip in. That took precedent over the love of God. And this is why God says, Then I'll have someone against you. Because thou hast left thy first love. Hallelujah. God, I pray this morning that we will all see Jesus Christ as the superlative matter in our lives, the first in our lives. Let everything else take the sideline and let Christ become the ultimate in our lives. You want that this morning. You feel that way. If you do, slip your hands up and say, Lord, that's what I want. I want you to be superlative in my life. I want you more than anything else. Let's sing a little song to the Lord this morning. God bless you. I love you. You understand this morning, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to all of us. I'm speaking of matters here that we know that Satan is working within the churches. Great people, preachers, pastors, leaders, deacons, Sunday school teachers. Many of us are not, we're not isolated from these attacks. We have to put up our guards and say, oh God, I pray that you will help me, Father. That I'll stand for you and return to my first love. Oh, there's just nothing like being in love with Jesus. feel that way today? Or has everything else taken the place of that? As your job, your travels, your your everything else. We're living in a world right now. Satan's pushing that. That's that's his agenda. Get the whole world. Don't stay home, work, save money, go to Hawaii. Go over here. Then paint some false picture on Facebook how beautiful it was. They don't show you a rocky the beaches on the other side, how dangerous it is. Save your money up and run. Why do you think everybody's running here and run? Don't believe things you see on Facebook. It's two-faced. That's the problem. You got to love Jesus Christ. Amen. It's fine to do those things. But friends, I say this. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the thing of the age. We've got, listen, I studied it. You know I do. I like to read and study. Nobody's going to take that away from me. 
Brothers accuse me and say, oh, Brother Joseph, you read all kinds of books and materials and everything. We just want the message. What I just preached to you was the message. You want a pastor and knows how to explore and find spiritual food for you. All I want to hear is quotes. I quoted a thousand times over this morning. You just wasn't listening. I did a research here just a week ago on, on, on national TV of all the shows in, that has been promoted on television today. The traveling station outnumbers more than the newscasts. So, oh, no wonder people are so nuts. Amen. The world's pushing it. They're telling you go broke. Get a Visa card out or master. Amen. Put the vacation on this or that. Friends, you know I'm not against that. I'm getting ready to leave you myself. Amen. But I'm just telling you, you, you can't escape. You can't escape your problems. You can't run from your problems. The devil is ahead of you. You can't just say this, that, or the other. Oh, man, I'm going to get away and that's going to eat. No, the pressure is going to be greater until you deal with the issues. Are you with me this morning? Hallelujah. Sorry to spoil your vacation. I'm just telling you, amen, things that I see. I'm not trying to be controlled. You, you want to go somewhere, that's fine with me. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you what the world is doing and how Satan is shaping our minds yeah. and shaping the minds of our young people. Yeah. But may God help us is my prayer that we lift our eyes to Calvary Amen. and view the cross where Jesus yeah. has died for you and me. How many knows I've told you the truth today? Yeah. Nothing but the truth, amen, is the word of God. Let's worship just for a moment. We have a baptism here in just a Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise, for it was grace that bought my sing it, I shall forever.
does not blame us for having faults. He blames us for keeping faults. Amen. This is what he said to the church in Ephesus. Repent. That's all you have to do is repent. Lord, I'm just so sorry. Lord, I just didn't mean this. And the moment those words come out of your lips. Hallelujah. They're dropped in the bleach of the blood of Jesus. Never to be remembered again. Makes no difference what the decree of the sin is, or the shortcoming, or the iniquity, the transgression. God said, this is why I died. Hallelujah. What a blessing to be with you. I want to say to our streaming audience, uh, service will resume here on next Sunday. Let's be in prayer for the service. No Wednesday night service for the month of December. Shalom to you. I believe we have a baptism.